Yesterday at around about this time, uh, we had a caller, John, who had been trying to report that the power had been out in Kapa Kapa for five days, unable to do so because every time he phoned, he was told that the power was actually on. He goes, I can assure you it is not. Um, I got a number of different texts after him. I also live in Kapa Kapa. Uh, no power, no water, no phones. We report outages to Vector and we're told we actually have power. And we've got a number of calls along those lines. Simon McKenzie, Vector's chief executive, joins me now. A very good morning to you. Good morning, Kerry. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know how frantic it is for you and we know how hard your people are working, but you can understand the frustration from people who finally managed to get a precious bit of cell time to be told that actually, according to Vector, the power's on. I totally understand that, and um, it's certainly um, frustrating. And um, obviously, we continually look to work out whether whether the power's on and off, and uh, with the reporting of that. The um, what what we do do uh, on a regular basis is as best we can. Our our, our outage maps and everything show what's known as the high voltage networks and where they're being restored, what what can happen is it can actually be individual customer lines and or some of the, for want of a better word, the uh, supply lines that come off those main uh, feed feed lines. But uh, that's definitely something that we're continually having to look at and make sure we're getting as accurate an information as we can to customers. There must be a better way of dealing with customers than telling them their power's on when they know for a fact it's not. No, and that's something that, yeah, I'm, I'm not yep. disputing that. I think that's something that we definitely need to make sure. One of the challenges is is that as we uh, switch the network and we're cutting away sections, we're kind of changing the architecture of the network in yep. some areas. Um, and so that uh, when that updates our systems, we may be basically um, of the view that the power's been restored, but it hasn't. But right. that, that, that is what we're doing um particularly now, is identifying areas where we can definitely know that power's on and where some's off. But that's typically also, people in those areas might also find that there's small pockets that are out because we don't have the uh, visibility down to individual customer levels. So what we're doing is uh, and, and kind of our normal practices to what we call ping meters. Yeah. And then that will tell us whether or not the meter is live or not. Uh, we overlay that onto GIS maps or geographic information system maps. And we also, through um, the likes of Chorus, we ping modems and to see if a modem's working. And then that gives us more more and more visibility as we go on. But totally understand the frustration and that's something we continually look to refine in making sure that we get the best information we can out to customers. How do people report an outage when there's no power? Look, uh, I think the, the key point with that, Kerry, is, is that um, if there's no power, then the processes that we have uh, internally here, as I mentioned, so we have yeah, you can network information, so then we're pinging meters. We're also basically um, doing this modem pings. And so those, um, whilst the customer may, may not be able to report a power outage, then by and large we have reasonably good visibility, pretty good visibility around where they may be out or where customers are out. And the 
and the impacts of those areas. How do you prioritise it? Do you get the main sort of arteries of the power network up and then worry about the veins later, so to speak, you know, the little pockets? Yeah, that's a a really good analogy. We kind of talk about, like, get the main roads up and then then after that becomes the side roads. And the the challenge we have is that, you know, this is an event way bigger than Bowler. Um, It comes off the back of all the floods, and so we... We have road access challenges. We have trees trees over road challenges. We have slip challenges. Uh, you know, obviously we're still seeing slips occurring in areas such as Murawai, just heard on your show then. Yeah. Um, and so all those, we, we could be working in an area and then those types of events occur. Um, but to, back to your point, Kerry, the, the process is that we get all the main uh, roads uh, up and running as best we can and typically what that means is that that restores the maximum amount of number of customers mm-hmm. as possible and then off the back of that uh, that often leaves the, the the side veins for example and yeah. we then later come back to those uh, because the crews are better to focus on getting as many customers back on at a point in time as possible and that's why some of this um, Information around uh, customers being back in an area could be much more to do with people down some of these um, side roads as opposed to the main areas of supply. Uh, and it's just a function of, you know, we've got over a 1,000 people constantly working on this, and mm. it's not only the crews in the field, but it's also uh, the people putting together all the equipment and packages and depots and prioritising those. And unlike other events, um, you know, for example, we've had in the past, they typically last about, you know, the weather event itself mm. lasts about 10 hours. We had 60 hours with um, Cyclone Gabriel kind of starting from Sunday. We weren't really able to access many er- a lot of areas, I should say, until uh, Wednesday morning. Um, normally, we would be up in helicopters after an event. We weren't able to do that till Wednesday morning. So mm. just getting eyes on the areas of damage, the magnitude of it has, has actually created a lot of challenge. But that doesn't take away, obviously, the um, you know the frustration and, and customers, but just want to reassure that we've got as many people as possible working on res- restoring. Nobody's criticising the dedication of your crews. I mean, they're working impossible hours and impossible conditions. Do you have enough people? Are you able to call on other regions for help under the state no. of emergency? Um, yeah, it's a good point, Kerry. The, the the challenge is is that, like in other events, if it was in Auckland, then we'd be able to bring crews down from other regions. So, say for example, up in up in the Whangarei region, or or far afield as Top Energy, or from the south like Hawke's Bay and Taranaki and so forth. But basically, right across the country, crews mm. are just maxed maxed out, and so um, we have got. The, the maximum amount of, amount of crews that we can. We've redeployed people that would have typically been on what we call capital projects. So that, yeah. for for example, could be reticulating a new subdivision. We've stopped all that type of work, <coughs> excuse me, and they're redeployed onto fixing the network. Uh, uh, with In light of the fact that we've been told to expect more weather events, and, and I think we all understand that that's a reality, how do you build more resilience into your network? You know, we need the trees to soak up the water, but the trees interfere with the power lines. Do we put them under? No, we can't afford it. What do we do? <clears throat> Look, I, I mean, I guess 
I, I don't think there's one solution. It's very much a geographic and kind of um, uh, overlay of different issues. So for argument's sake, you know, we often hear people say, oh, you should underground everything. We'd say, well, um, you know, when, when you have one in 250-year floods, um, those floods basically on an underground network, all the equipment that you need to supply customers usually sit on the roadside. So that's things like transformers and switches. And, well, in a flood, if they get covered, well, they're pretty much, you know, quite often written off or going to take an extensive amount of time to, to get back up and running. And an, un, an underground network is a much slower process to fix. So it's really a matter around, you know, one of the things for us, it's around understanding the geographic challenges of specific areas. And if we look at things like, um, you know, going through uh, a lot of vegetation, um, being able to cut wider corridors so trees are not coming from, you know, 30 Mm. metres away and coming down over lines would, would be a, you know, that would definitely be a big help. Overhead network even though it doesn't feel like it at the moment, it's certainly quicker to repair. We do do a lot of uh, other resilience work. So, for example, we've got a 50-odd million dollar project that's near the end of uh, completion, probably in the next six months, six to eight months, depending on slips. (laughs) At the moment of um, cables, which we've integrated with the Wakatahi project from uh, Wellsford down to Walkworth to reinforce that area, um, so I, I do think it's a matter of very much that geographic overlay. And, you know, for areas such as, let's say, Piha, we have a micro generator out there, um, which we have got up and running again out there, which is what they call microgrids. But I think we just have to evolve now to when we look overseas and where some of these other big events occur, uh, you know, people are moving more and more to more remote areas, having pretty much their own power supplies yeah, on their that, homes. That's um, what I was thinking. So, Maybe people themselves yeah. need to be more resilient. Simon, I really, really appreciate you taking the time and fronting up. It is incredibly refreshing in this day and age. So thank you for your time, especially when you're so busy. Th- thanks, Kerry. And look, we'd just like to just reiterate that the crews are out there, as you say, they've, they've been doing an amazing amount of work. We have to watch fatigue with them. Um, but we also just want to reinforce that everyone's Victor and and out in the field are doing everything they can to get customers back on. Thanks for your time.